Hello, my name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings, and I take notes. And now I'm sharing those notes with you. Today's notes are from the council meeting on August 30th, 2023. I missed the mayor's report today because I was late to the meeting because I was working. I wish this was my job, but it's not. So we'll get straight to some of the agenda items. Item 7 approved $75,000 for the purchase of aging and respite care support services for the health department. Councilmember Plummer tagged item 13, which would have approved $315,000 for air release valves bought using the interlocal agreement for cooperative purchasing with the National Cooperative Purchasing Alliance. I do not know what any of that means, and I did not have the time or energy to dig into it today. Councilmember Plummer tagged it because there is no minority and women-owned business enterprise goal for purchases made using co-ops. And Plummer wants to talk with procurement department on a way to fix that. Item 15 approved a $4.5 million forgivable loan to the Harris Center to help finance a 24-unit apartment complex for adults experiencing homelessness, for people with mental illness and substance use disorder, and other chronic health conditions. The complex will be in District I. Item 16 approved an additional $3.3 million for renovations at the Bethune Empowerment Center in Acres Homes in District B. Item 17 approved up to $3.1 million towards the construction of 11 affordable single-family homes in District D. Item 20 approved an additional $474,000 for the operation of the Housing Navigation Center on Jensen Drive in District B. The Navigation Center provides bridge beds for 350 people while they're waiting for permanent housing. Bridging is the term for the period of time between intake at the, at the Navigation Center, assessment, and the move to permanent housing. So this funding supports all of the operations at the Na Navigation Center, especially including three meals per day for residents, which is not covered by CARES Act funding. Item 21 approved $144,000 for a program with the UT Health Science Center concerning the effects of asthma on health disparities, and it uses federal grant funding. Councilmember Plummer wants to use data, quote, to try to influence the TCEQ and the EPA to see how multiple batch plants and metal refineries and all the other things that they put in black and brown communities can assist us with preventing permits from being released, end quote. Item 27 approved $250 million for Southwest Airlines to expand the West Concourse at Hobby Airport. It's going to add seven additional gates and concessions. It's likely the city will fund an additional $200 million in about a year. These costs are technically recoverable from Southwest in 2027 through the original use and lease agreements. I don't know if I'll still be doing this in 2027, but if I am, let this serve as a note to myself to check back in on this and see if the city actually does get reimbursed. Maybe I'll make a Google Calendar reminder for January 1st, 2027. Item 30 approved $1.5 million for adult literacy services through the Houston Public Library. Items 40 through 47 approved protected landmark status for properties in districts C, D, and H, including Olivewood Cemetery. Councilmember Gallegos praised Olivewood Cemetery's new status and advocated for similar attention to the Harrisburg-Jackson Cemetery in District I. Okay, now it's time to talk about one of the most complicated issues I have had to unpack during my time watching City Council. Today's item 53 was all about money for legal representation in the ongoing lawsuits regarding binding arbitration for Houston firefighters. 
I recommend some light homework if you are unfamiliar with all of this. There are some links in the resources section, or if you want to go check out the website, they'll be on uh, the final resources part there. I'll go over a little bit of brief history. Proposition B is a city charter amendment approved by voters back in 2018 that requires Houston to pay firefighters substantially similar to police officers of similar ranks. The city and the fire union have been arguing in court ever since. Recently passed Senate Bill 736, or as we're going to call it, SB 736, requires Houston to enter into collective bargaining with the fire union, which could fast track an agreement. The union asserts that SB 736 should retroactively affect the seven years since Proposition B in 2018, and the city disagrees. Today's item 53 increased the contract amount with the legal firm currently representing the city in the most recent iteration of this case. City attorney Arturo Michelle gave an overview so laden with legalese, I had to read the transcript several times to make any sense of it. This is not the first time I have wondered if he's doing it on purpose. But anyways, Houston has agreed to collective bargaining with the fire union for forthcoming budgets, but disagrees with the union's assertion that SB 736 should be retroactive. Michelle emphasized the city's financial responsibility to taxpayers and city employees, implying that retroactive collective bargaining could be financially devastating for the city. He asserted the city's right to pay for effective and expert legal representation in any matter, pointing out that the fire union is doing the same. Michelle said that if council does not extend this funding, the city's legal department will be under extreme duress and the impacts will be felt in other areas of legal need. Councilmember Kubosh pointed out that SB 736 was overwhelmingly supported in the Texas legislature, even by representatives from Houston. He said, quote, I know the city needs representation. I just don't like it. Mayor Turner said, quote, the authors of Senate Bill 736 never argued that this bill should be applied retroactively, end quote. He remarked on the three 6% pay increases firefighters have received over the last three years and reiterated that Houston is the defendant in this lawsuit. He pointed out that firefighters are willingly paying for their union's legal defense from their own paychecks and said the city is effectively asking to do the same, to seek and pay for expert legal representation. Councilmember Pollard understands the union's point of view, but he said, quote, regardless if this item passes or not, the litigation still moves forward. This item does not have anything to do with whether the matter itself will be heard. It just has to do with, are we paying for the legal services that the legal department feels they need, end quote. Speaking to the frustration of a years-long, drawn-out court case, Pollard said, quote, When people talk about having litigation with the city, this is what comes with the territory. It can get messy. It can get drawn out. It can be long. It can be frustrating. But each side gets to choose their representation, end quote. This is one of those nice times it feels good to have a few lawyers on council who can offer perspective and break things down for us lay people. Councilmember Kamen confirmed the city is moving forward with collective bargaining for the next budget. She also emphasized that the city is the defendant in this case. It is the fire union that is suing the city. When Cayman questioned attorney Michelle on how the legal department could be affected should this item not pass, Michelle said, quote, we're stretched pretty thin. I have looked up the size of the legal departments in Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York. They have at least 125 lawyers, more than we do, and in some instances, double or triple. So we are stretched pretty thin. We would have to make significant changes, end quote. Councilmember Gallegos called out state legislators from Houston who did not contact him to ask him his opinion on SB 736. He lamented the already tight city budget that cannot adequately maintain infrastructure and get trash picked up on time. 
Finally, item 53 passed. Council members Kubosh and Plummer both voted no, as they usually do in matters like these. Finally, I'll go over the council member pop-off. Mayor Turner pointedly decried campaign promises that are difficult to keep once you're actually in office. Councilmember Kamen solemnly remarked on the shooting on August 27th of three black people in Jacksonville. She said, quote, I can't not say something when people are gunned down and murdered simply because of their race, ethnicity, religious beliefs, identity, because it's a reflection on our country and it's a reflection on our democracy or lack thereof, end quote. Remarking on Monday's shooting at the University of North Carolina, Kamen quoted from the front page of the Daily Tar Heel, the UNC student newspaper, which displayed a string of text messages from UNC students during the shooting. It was very affecting. Councilmember Pollard thanked Councilmember Kamen for her remarks and added, quote, people only target you when they feel like you're a threat, end quote. He also praised the cleanup of the Bissonette Corridor and said the turnaround has been remarkable. Councilmember Evan Shabazz alleged that the new HISD open-door policy violates fire code. Councilmember Martin warned against using the fund balance for retroactive firefighter payments and praised this administration's pension reform because, quote, we could have been Detroit. Councilmember Castix-Tatum echoed Councilmember Kamen's sentiments on the shootings and also praised the Bissonette cleanup, saying, quote, trash begets trash. Councilmember Gallegos made a very campaigny speech about Houston's 187th birthday. Councilmember Thomas requested help with a section of Town Park where street vendors have no regard for code, permits, or public safety. She said, quote, it's a flea market on the street, end quote, producing litter, garbage in the bayou, and traffic concerns. She remarked on the anniversaries of Hurricanes Katrina and Harvey and on the resilience and camaraderie of New Orleans and Houston. Councilmember Plummer plugged a COCO and Air Alliance meeting on September 16th at 10 a.m. at Riverhouse Houston discussing an upcoming concrete crushing facility permit request in Cashmere Gardens. And that's it. That was the meeting. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. If you want to be a Patreon supporter, I invite you to visit patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. You will get a shout out on this very podcast. Also, thank you to ACLU Texas for their support. This podcast has music by Joe Wasney, and it was produced by Connor Clifton. That's it for this week. I am Emily Hines, and I'm very grateful for you listening. 